Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Unstoppable Mind podcast. And on this episode, I'm going to be speaking to the overthinkers and the overanalyzers who struggle with making decisions. I'm going to explain what happens in the brain when you are making a decision and then why it can be so paralyzing. I'm going to share tips on how to overcome this. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Unstoppable Mind podcast. I'm your host, Mary Lou Rodriguez. Today, we are going to be talking about making decisions and just how paralyzing that can be. So if you are like most people, you might struggle with making decisions. Maybe it's scary. Maybe it's hard. Maybe it's overwhelming. And are you one of these people who see making a decision as a threat to your safety? And I want you to think about that. Do you see making decisions as a threat to your safety and your security? Because many people do. And I was one of them. One of the things that I used to say all the time is, it's do or die. I have to make this decision. It's do or die. And that's not true. But that was the story that I used to tell myself, which made my decision-making process so much harder. I just didn't trust myself at all at the time. And right now I'm at a very different point in my life where things are so different. Many of you are witnessing my journey and my growth over the last couple of years. I started my business almost four years ago in March, and it'll be four years in March. And in November of 2021, I decided that I am going to go back to school to become a, guess what I want to become? A neuroscientist. (laughs) I talk about neuroscience all the time. I talk about the brain. I talk about research and studies, and I'm constantly just talking about, um, and I'm also talking about neuroscientists. Just, I love the brain. And I just want to say that uh, I taught my first biology class in my membership, the Unstoppable Mind membership in December. And I explained how we can become habituated. We can become addicted to feelings of scarcity. In the month of December, we did money. And do we come from abundance or um, do we come from lack when we think about money? So I just fucking love the mind. And I used to say that in my past life, I was a philosopher. In this life, I'm a hypnotherapist. And in my next life, I am going to become a neuroscientist. That was the story I kept telling myself. And then one of the coaches that I worked with called me out and he said, you have this desire in your heart. What is stopping you, Mary Lou? And I thought about that. And then he said, what would you do 
if you knew that you couldn't fail? And I said, I'd become a neuroscientist. So there you have it, folks. <laughs> In that moment, I knew that I wanted to go back to school and that this is part of my purpose, part of my dharma, and part of my karma. So the decision was pretty easy for me to make because I'm in a place in my life now where I trust myself and I know that this is right for me. And of course, I'm still in the beginning phases. I'm right now looking at hiring a higher education counselor to help me look at uh, what I need to do in the process in order to apply for schools. So, but I'm excited. And what I want to say is that there was a time in my life where I could not make decisions. I would constantly overthink them. I would overanalyze them. And then I was worried, am I making the right choice for me? So today I'm going to talk to you about the neuroscience behind making decisions. And I found this research study called the neuroscience of human decision making through the lens of learning. I'm going to repeat that the neuroscience of human decision making through the lens of learning And um, by the way, my boyfriend is just so proud of me because I'm able to now find research and science to back up what I'm saying. And I'm already calling myself a scientist because that's how I feel. So this article explained that there was a study done um, where they gave people, it was six choices. They gave people six choices, and then they gave you a week to make the decision. And then they gave another group of people two choices with the same amount of time that they had a week to make. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. They gave the second group two choices and the second group of people, um, they had to decide now. Sorry about that. Looking over my notes here. So the second group had less choices and it had less amount of time. And so then a month later, the researchers went back to all the people that had made the decision because at that point, everyone had already made the decision and were living their lives. And the second group that had less time and less choices were overall really happy with the decision that they made. And the people who had more time and more choices were unhappy. So what the researchers found is that when people have too much time to think about something, you start involving your emotions. Your emotions become involved in the decision-making process. So there's a part of our brain called the amygdala, and it's the most primitive part of our brain, and it's responsible for our fight or flight, fight or flight. And it's the part of our brain where um, the fear processing is involved. And it's it's actually really helpful when, um, you know, a car is coming towards us and we need to jump out of the way. It's really helpful for real fear. But somewhere along the line, um, perceived fear and our emotions became involved, which affect our decision-making process. So what that means is the longer that you take to make a decision, 
the more your amygdala is involved in the decision-making process. And the less your prefrontal cortex, which is the critical forward thinking part of your mind is involved. So the faster you make a decision, the less you involve your emotions, the less you involve the amygdala, and you're able to make decisions quickly and more confidently. And then you just stick with it. So if you're one of those people that hem and haw all week long, like those people in that study that had a week, when you finally make the decision, you've just given yourself so many chances to think about all of the negative things that can come from your decisions. When in reality, every single decision that you make in your life is going to have a good or a bad consequence. And it's how you perceive it. And that's really the key here is that I understand that it's just growth. But for the people who had a week to think about all of the bad consequences, the bad possible side effects of making that decision, they were paralyzed because they were only focusing on the fact that every decision has a downside. Whereas if you were to look at, 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 a, at making a decision very quickly, and you say, okay, these are my choices. Which one inspires me? Which one is the decision that I'm going to get the most out of? What's going to push me further in life? What's going to give me the experiences where I'm going to learn from option one or option two? And then it's done. You just do it. You make the decision. And you'll find out very quickly after you made the decision if it's a decision that is going to be the right one for you. And you just commit to it and you do the work. And there wasn't a whole lot of emotion that was involved in the decision-making process. And your amygdala wasn't firing like crazy. You're more likely just to be happy with the decision that you made because you're committed. And that's the trajectory that you are on. And it's true. I just think about all the times where I've just made a decision and I'm committed to it. And yes, I have made decisions where I've been like, oh man, I overcommitted. Growth. I get the opportunity to do something different without making myself feel bad about it. So if you're one of those people that are constantly overanalyzing or overthinking things, then what can happen is you can become a procrastinator and not make a decision at all. And then it just becomes harder and harder for you to make decisions and you feel paralyzed. And that's because you're always involving the emotions. Every time you involve fear processing or the, you know, you feel fear and you take forever to make the emotions or the decision, you feel the emotions, you feel the fear you've activated your amygdala and more likely than not, you will procrastinate on making the decision or you won't make the decision at all. And then you don't make the decision, um, which for me, and I want to make sure that I say this very carefully, is that I used to be one of those people that was constantly a victim to my emotions. I basically didn't make a decision because I let my emotions dictate my behaviors, whether I made the decision or not. 
So hopefully that's making sense. So are you looking at decision-making as a threat? Now it's not conscious. You're not going, you're not looking at every decision going, this is a threat to my safety and to my survival, but that is what your brain is doing. That is what your subconscious is doing because that's exactly how your brain is reacting to it. So I'm going to say that again, are you looking at your decision-making as a threat? Because your brain is reacting to it in that way. So if you're an overthinker, it's no wonder why you find it difficult to make decisions because that is how you've wired your brain. But the good news is, is that your brain can be rewired, which is why I fucking love neuroscience and I love learning about the brain. So classic Dr. Joe Dispenza, he talks about Hebb's law, neurons that fire together, wire together. So the more often you start repeating the new kind of behavior, which is making decisions quicker and faster, the easier it's going to be for your brain to automatically start behaving in that way. So I don't expect you to start making these huge decisions in your life, like going back to school to become a neuroscientist in the spur of the moment, because that's probably going to give you a lot of anxiety, (laughs) especially if you're a person that normally involves so much emotion when making your decisions. And if you find it difficult to make a decision, you're going to go back and forth, back and forth on it. You're going to think about, you know, you're going to, you might have FOMO and you're going to think about all the negatives that can come with each situation or decision that you need to make or you get to make. But what I would encourage you to do is set a time limit for yourself. So when you're making smaller decisions, give yourself two minutes. I'm going to do the dishes now. I'm going to do the dishes later whatever that just came to my head, (laughs) whatever it is, start giving yourself a time limit when making smaller decisions that aren't as scary and then commit to it and do it. Even if you're not stoked at the time, just commit to it. And that's going to start creating that that new neural pathway in your mind. You can use your prefrontal cortex, the analytical part of your mind as your main decision-making powerhouse instead of your amygdala, which is in your subconscious, which is where you feel fear. And it's where you have your fear-based emotion decision neural pathway. So you can practice this. You get to practice this. The next time you go to a restaurant, you can look at the menu, set your timer and decide, okay, I'm going to give myself three minutes to pick dinner. And then just make your decision and commit to it. And this challenges you to practice making decisions faster. And you can make it fun like that. So for me, if I go to a restaurant and I look at the menu and there's a ton of pages, I get overwhelmed really easily by all the different choices. And then I go into, I don't know what to choose. So I just look at the first three pages and then I make my decision. So yes, there are probably things on that menu that I'm missing out on that might be better than what I ordered, but I am unaware of it and I'm just committed to my decision. So if you treat the menu of food like the menu of life, spending forever over analyzing every single meal option and then ordering um, 
And rather than just enjoying your food, you're constantly looking at the menu or you're looking at what other people have ordered. And then you're lamenting and you're feeling like you're missing out. You don't have to be one of those people anymore. And it's okay if you were that way. Guess what? You get to change it. And you can say, I'll choose the food that I ordered and I'm going to enjoy it because I trust myself. And whether it's menu on food or whether it's the menu of life, you get to commit to the decision and then it's done. And you're going to feel so liberated, which is what I love. And you won't recognize yourself after a while because you'll start making decisions easier and easier and easier because that's what happens. It just gets easier. And then you start trusting yourself. Excuse me. You start believing in yourself. No matter what decision I make, I know that I'm going to learn and grow. And it no longer becomes, did I make the right decision? Am I doing the right thing? Am I making the wrong decision? It's not even how I think anymore. So I remember there was this entrepreneur saying that she only works with six, seven, and eight-figure entrepreneurs because they make decisions more quickly. And at that time I heard that, I was like, I I was, you know, I heard her and I didn't, now I'm starting to fully understand what she means, but it's because they trust themselves. And I'm really starting to get that, that there is no failure. There's only growth. So all is not lost if you are an overthinker or an overanalyzer and you freak out all the time when making decisions. Remember, you've just wired your brain that way and it can be rewired. It can be changed and it's not a big deal. You don't have to make it mean that you're a horrible person and have these stories, all these stories and interpretations around it. What I recommend is just starting with something small, get comfortable and make the decision fast. And then you'll start tackling bigger and bigger decisions, like going back to school to become a neuroscientist with so much more confidence. That, my friends, is our beautiful brain. So that's it for today. I would love for you to tag me on Instagram at Mary Lou Hypnotizes You and share with me your biggest takeaways. And even DM me. People from all over the world are sharing what they are learning from my podcast. And I am so grateful. So please remember if you like the podcast, subscribe and share it with your friends. And don't forget to review it. Until the next time, everyone, go out there and live your unstoppable life. I would love if you shared today's episode with your friends and loved ones. Please share it on your social media channels and make sure to subscribe to the podcast. I believe that we are all here to help others. Together, we can help more people. I would be so grateful for a five-star review. And I'm also grateful that you took the time to let me know how this podcast is helping you. If you want more transformational content, connect with me on Instagram 
at Mary Lou Hypnotizes You. And then go over and join my Facebook group, The Unstoppable Mind. Visit MaryLouRodriguez.com for more information on my programs and how to work with me. Until the next time, go out there and live your unstoppable life.